0: Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local.
1: It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution.
2: Engaging. Jesus wants
1: to be with
0: us. I always think of that
1: as at the heart of the Eucharist.
0: Live A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching.
3: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Yeah. Hi, Father. I'm Andy Shaw, along with Father Michael Malloy, coming to you live from St. Thomas More High School in the Diocese of Rapid City. And, Father, it is really good to see you.
4: Good to see you, too. Thank you. It's been a
3: while. It has been a while. Yeah, the last time I had to do this all by myself. I know. I'm sorry about that. Oh, well. I love listening to it. it, And it worked out pretty good. It worked out great. A few technical glitches there, but otherwise we got by it. That's life. We all have those. (laughs) We do have those. Don't
4: we all have those? I know. We're so glad
3: you're with us on Real Presence Live on this final Thursday of March, April, just around the corner. We're right in the middle of a beautiful Lent season, and uh, Father, let's kick the show off with a a prayer.
4: All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Gracious and merciful God, we turn to you, especially in this holy season of Lent, and ask your blessings, your mercy, and your forgiveness for our sins, and the inspiration and the guidance to lead us to a new way of being with you and with one another. We thank you for all that you give to us and all the ways that you help us. Continue to bless us and be present to us. We ask this, Lord, in your name, in the power of the Holy Spirit, one God, living and reigning forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Father and the the Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit.
3: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. I, yeah. love, I love your prayers. I love starting the day off in prayer. We hope you do as well. Um, we have a great show coming up. Let's go to Aaron now. Aaron joins us. Good morning, Aaron.
2: Good morning, Father. How are you? Uh, great. Great. <laughs> How And are you? you, too?
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, um, it's uh, it's uh, good to have you with us, Aaron. Uh, we understand you're new a new producer for us here and, and uh, real presence live, so we're excited to be able to work with you. You got it. Yeah, welcome to. Uh, I guess if if we can do that, um, welcome
3: to the radio station. <laughs> it's good to have you with us. So yeah, Aaron, what's on the menu for today?
2: Absolutely, we'll get those questions ready for Father Malloy this morning and. Make sure that we get them into calling during our Straight Talk segment. And there will be, through the charity, unity, and fraternity, there are men across the nation that form a brotherhood of service to God, their parishes, and their communities. We've heard about the Knights of Columbus, but do we really know what these men do? Pat Powers here, the, the state of South Dakota deputy, will provide insight to help answer that question. <coughs> We'll hear those incredible stories about how Monica Bertis discovered the need and desire to return back to the sacrament of reconciliation, and how that helped her persevere as her family faced unexpected health problems. All this and more coming up this morning here on Real Presence Live. Back to you guys. Well,
4: thank you, Aaron. Appreciate that very much. Looks like an exciting show. I especially like the piece about rec- uh, confession. Yes. I mean, I think I'm looking forward to that, and uh, and actually looking forward to understanding. What did what about the Knights of Columbus? Because they're all over this part of the of the country, and yeah. I'm guessing there are a lot of people going like, "What exactly is?"
3: Right. It I'm, seems like you always you always see in the newspaper, or in the radio, or even on TV. You you see ads. Knights of Columbus is putting this on this on this on. And I have yeah. had people who, are, who yeah. who's the Knights who are of Columbus? They, you know, yeah. What do they do? And what are they and, doing you know, great so stuff too?
4: So it'll be it'll be a it'll be a good show for us to to listen to today. So, and before we begin, let's just take one minute and find out how you are i'm doing well thanks father good i'm
3: plugging along and uh and it's great to be here i was looking forward to this morning for a long time
4: yeah I was too i thought about i thought about last night especially i thought oh good andy's gonna be here so we can thanks we can uh get together and and uh this wonderful ministry which is it is uh, it's a great gift
3: it is and and, yeah catholic radio all around is uh, it's it's done some amazing things i think we're hearing even more and more stories from people yes i'm just driving along i turned it on i'm not sure why i turned it on well we kind of know why but somebody had a message to get to you yes and uh and and something that was said on on any of the shows uh on that radio dial touched that person at that perfect time
4: right and, and so it's it's a great uh, tool of evangelization, a great way, and it's wonderful to be a part of it. So, Agreed. And we're going to kick off this uh, this particular uh, couple hours uh, by talking to Father Tim Smith. Father, are you there with us online? I am.
0: Good morning to all our listeners.
4: Uh, good morning, Tim. How are you?
0: I'm doing very good and just having a wonderful, wonderful day. I had a holy hour with the men of my parish this hmm. morning at 6.30, uh, our Exodus 90 group, a great group of husbands and fathers who are really just uh, letting the Lord Jesus lead them through this season of Lent.
4: Sounds wonderful. So um, we begin by, we're going to be talking a little about Lent, so it sounds like your Lenten journey is going well
0: It is really going well. Uh, you know, the Lord is really doing amazing things in these this season of these 40 days in the wilderness, these 40 days in the desert, and Even just this last week, we had the heart of St. John Vianney, which I know we talked about last week on the show. It was traveling across our region, and uh, we had Mm -hmm. 3,000 people that came to my parish to venerate the heart of this great saint, and uh, it's just one example of many beautiful things that God has been doing that I see in our local church in the area today.
4: Um, That's wonderful to hear. We had the heart of John Vianney here, too, at the cathedral, and we had it also in... in, uh Uh, pier or Mm -hmm. pier i think it was or fort pier so um it it was a beautiful event for us as well but so i'm listening to you talk i'm thinking lent is really wonderful it's a great experience father tim's doing great and there's people out there listening that going hmm i haven't really done what i said i was going to do i've faltered a little bit what would you say to encourage people this halfway point through lent if especially those who have maybe not been really uh, living this season in the way that uh, the church intends it What would you say to him?
0: Well, I would say you can begin again. And that's uh, great wisdom from uh, one of the spiritual directors uh, from a couple hundred years ago named Venerable Bruno Lanteri. He was a great spiritual director, and he founded the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. And, of course, they they really specialized in the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. And that was his motto, begin again. If we're ever living the spiritual life when we may falter a little bit, there's never a time where we cannot renew this relationship with the Lord in prayer and in practice of the faith, and perhaps if we faltered a little bit. And you know, Father, I don't want to paint too rosy of a picture. Even though I've seen God do these amazing things right around the local church, I myself have failed in my Lenten resolutions, and I don't mind telling the whole listening area that I've stumbled <laughs> a little bit. I had a, I had a desire to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, on a more frequent basis, and I've kind of fallen away from that. So what have I resolved to do as we come across this third Sunday of Lent is I'm going to begin again. I'm going to ask God to give me the strength so I can take up that extra practice of prayer that I asked to do. So not to make it sound uh, too triumphalist, because there's a lot that I need to learn, and praise God for that. So sometimes these stumblings are an opportunity for us to just begin again and not... Focus on the past, but stay in the present moment and see where Jesus wants to lead us.
4: Yeah, that's beautiful, because I think we all have a tendency to think about what I should have done, could have done, wished I would have done, um, and your your words of wisdom there are, are really wonderful. Um, we are coming up on Laetare Sunday. That's a, a Latin word. Um, what does that mean? Do you know Laetare Sunday?
0: Well, yeah, this, it's a great opportunity, this Laetare Sunday, uh, this fourth Sunday of Lent. And it really, we, we give it that name because it it comes from one of the introits of the Mass, which is, Rejoice, O Jerusalem. And that comes from the prophet Isaiah, the end of the the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 66. And the meaning of that word Laetari is, Rejoice. And that, that introit before the Mass is, Rejoice, O Jerusalem. So no matter what parish you're at, all around our listening area here on Real Presence Radio, you may have a particular song that's your liturg- liturgical music, um, that they have chosen, but it's going to be filled with that, that invocation of rejoice, O Jerusalem, rejoice in the Lord, that God is blessing us in great abundance. And It's a great opportunity for us to kind of rest in God's joyful presence, that we, we have a hopeful expectation of the coming of Easter in just a few more weeks, and that This rejoicing of the Lord is something where we actually are going to have a few extra signs of God's rejoicing in your parish, no matter where you go. So you might have rose-colored vestments, a little cheering up, a little brightening up during this Lenten season in the desert. And, you know, you might have a few more musical instruments on this Sunday in particular, because the Church wants to have a little bit of sign of jubilation, a little bit of sign of joyfulness while we're following um, the Israelites in the desert, while we're making our way towards Jerusalem, we also want to recognize the joy of God and how he's blessing us in our Lenten resolution.
3: Father Tim, I, I, I love your energy. Uh, this is Andy, by the way. It's Thank you for being with us. You know, you, you talked about the Latari Sunday coming up and, and the rejoicing and, and the excitement and, and seeing the beautiful vestments and the energy, and then at the same time, as a layperson— sometimes it's hard to understand cause, because Lent is, is somewhat of a solemn season, and so we have we have these swings and emotions during this time. Uh, it's a very powerful time. How do we rejoice even in a solemn season?
0: That's a great question. You know, especially this solemnity. Of course, the Church always has this great practice of solemnity, but especially in the season of Lent, and you might even have, I've seen this in a lot of our parishes, we might have a crown of thorns, or we might have, um, some display of some desert sand, maybe off to the side of the sanctuary, reminding us as a symbol of this being in the desert. And also there's this liturgical restraint, and so some instrumentation has kind of been removed during Lent, and maybe the singing is a little bit more reserved. It's not as jubilant as it is on an ordinary Sunday. And so in a certain sense, we feel, well, all these signs and symbols kind of prevent me from having that joyful Spirit that I usually have when I come to Sunday Mass. But I would propose to you that perhaps this time of Lent is kind of a purification of those senses. So our ears hear that beautiful music, or our eyes see those beautiful colors that we usually adorn, perhaps flowers and areas of our sanctuary. Well, is this season of Lent, perhaps our senses can be purified. We might not be seeing those beautiful sights and symbols. We might not be hearing those beautiful sounds that help us lift our hearts and minds to God. But in another sense, this perhaps allows us to be more grateful for the simple ways that Jesus is coming to us, both in the Mass, but also in our day-to-day life, as we have decided to say no to a few extra things in our own daily lives. And so perhaps we are really taking a moment to be grateful for the areas where God is blessing us in our daily lives. And I think no matter what your Lenten resolutions or practices, no matter what your parish looks like, you can recognize the ways that God is blessing you, and whenever you are full of gratitude and, and you really see the good things God is doing, that is a cause for joy and happiness.
4: You're listening to Father Michael Malloy and Andy Shaw, and we're here with Father Tim Smith talking about the wonderful season of Lent. And uh, Father Smith, you gave a, a, a great um, reflection there just a moment ago on on how joy doesn't always necessarily have to be exuberant and, mm-hmm. and bouncy and beautiful, that sometimes it can be quiet and reflective um, you know we're talking about as I listen to you, I'm talking about we're talking about going deeper deeper into our relationship with the Lord and deeper into our prayer life. Um, if I find it difficult to pray and I don't have specific prayers that I can that I, you know, that I know what to pray or how to pray, what would you suggest to me to help me come to that deeper appreciation of the Lord's presence in my life?
0: Well, you know someone who's really helped me out to grow in the life of prayer and a great encourager, was St. John Paul II, our our great late Pope, who was such a great example of deep relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you know, St. John Paul II said that our parishes are schools of prayer. They're the place that we can come together in the Christian community and grow, and also learn that we would be schooled and grow in a life of prayer and relationship with God. So just yesterday, Father, if you remember the colic for Mass, and it said there on that, on that Wednesday, it said, let us be schooled by our Lenten observances. I really like that, because it says, hey, here we are in school, we're going to learn how to grow in prayer. And I think that all of us can grow and maybe grow in that life of prayer by looking at those witnesses of prayer that God has put right there in your life. And so the first person would be a great parish priest, just like yourself, Father. Your parishioners could come to you and say, Father... You know, I want to grow deeper in my life of prayer, and I know when they see you up there, Father, celebrating Holy Mass and, and praying your prayers, that they're inspired because they know you have that communion with God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. But perhaps it's one of your friends from a men's group or another member of Knights of Columbus who you recognize as a particularly prayerful man or maybe a Catholic daughter who you always recognize as a deep life deep life of prayer or maybe it's the religious sister that serves in your parish, or maybe it's part of a convent or a community. And I would encourage you to bring that conversation and say, I recognize that you are a very prayerful person, and I desire to have that same relationship with God that you may have. You would be surprised how often people don't have that conversation, and they would be quick to share with you, not in a prideful or boastful way, but I'm sure because of the love that they receive from God, they would be happy to share with you how Jesus has worked in their lives through prayer and relationship with him. And I'll give you an example. Last week I had Mass over in the New Alm Diocese for the Sisters of Mary Morningstar, a novitiate for a group of religious sisters, and one of the sisters told me that one of the parishioners from the parish there said, Sister, you sisters know how to pray. He said, I want to learn how to pray like you sisters do. And it was actually a moment where they were able to give a a teaching on how they pray and do adoration with Mm -hmm. the members of the parish. And beautiful fruit came out of that, that sharing of their experience and their love for Jesus. And so I think that's a great encouragement for all of us. God has put people all around you. The grace of the Holy Spirit is working. Those can be the people. You don't have to spend a lot of money on books. We know we have so many great resources available, but those people that God has put right there in your parish, they're the people that can help share that life of prayer with you.
3: And we That's, need we need to be open to seeing that and feeling that and hearing yes. that with that energy right there, Father Tim. And
4: asking those questions. Right. Um, I, I'm thinking about uh, people in our lives, too, like our grandparents and some of those people who, who really manifest a deep prayer life that we could learn from if we just take the time and to ask them. So, um, listen, Father, it's been great visiting with you. We're sorry the time's already up, um, but we, you certainly have given us, given us some inspiration and some guidance in terms of, of Lent, and, and especially the importance of, if you haven't quite got started, don't give up, start over again, begin again. So we thank you for being with us and sharing with us your insights about the Lenten season, Father Tim.
0: Well, I'm so grateful, and of course you're going to have a great conversation on confession later, and of course that's a great invitation this season of Lent. And take advantage of those great opportunities that God has put right there in your path. And, of course, stay tuned to Real Presence Radio because there's always great helps and hints as you go throughout your day when you're listening, no matter what you're doing, right here on Real Presence Radio.
4: Well, thank you, Father Tim. Coming up next, we have straight talk. If you have questions to relate to your faith, please ask us. We also have an incredible story coming up about the life-changing power of the sacrament of confession. So stay with us on Real Presence Live. We'll be right back.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. you got Real Presence
3: Radio right now. If you're listening to it, you're probably sitting back saying, huh, Real Presence Radio is a huge part of the driving culture of promoting Catholicism, and it is. I mean, how many commercials have you heard from previous interviews, especially people calling into this network saying, you know, you have changed my life. I was driving. I travel a lot. You know, I, I was laid up. For whatever reason, I'm, you know, I was at home. I was listening to that particular program or, or that teaching, and it totally changed my life. So it's not just happenstance that this is working the way that it does. The Holy Spirit can connect with people on a multiple or multiple different levels, and the radio network is one. And the Spirit's telling you, you know what? Be a part of this mission. Help me save souls. Keep, uh, you know, RPR on on the live network so people uh, have this beautiful ministry available.
1: This is Cindy
4: Detterman from St. Joseph's in Brooks. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio.
3: Hi, this is Brett Beiler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Beiler, at
0: 605-670-8333. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you local hosts and guests from
1: across the region. Now back to the show.
4: Okay, we're back again from what they've told us. Yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah, We are back, I'm Andy Shaw along with Father Mike Malloy. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday morning, the final Thursday of March. We're coming to you live from St. Thomas More High School in the Diocese of Rapid City. We've had a beautiful week weather-wise.
4: Yeah, we really and it's have.
3: It's changing a little bit today, but that's the transition from winter to
4: spring. Spring, yeah, and it hasn't it has it actually isn't bad. I mean, I'm, I was so tired of the cold. Oh, yes. That that even when it's when it's forty degrees it feels wonderful.
3: Right. It does. Yeah. Our bodies adjust and, and we've been lucky compared to some of the other areas in the listening area yeah, on the cold. February was the third coldest in history in Rapid City.
4: Yeah, and we had some huge piles of snow that came down yes. here and everywhere in the listening area and of course now we're dealing with flooding. So yeah, we are we are fortunate here in Rapid City to not have to deal with those kinds of issues. But I know other people listening are struggling with those things yeah and the so, flooding
3: is terrible this year yeah so please be safe out there please know the prayers are with you and you know father there are a lot of things lent is a beautiful time of the year um but there are a lot of things that try to keep us from seeing the beauty and everything there's yeah you know there, there there's an evil source
4: there's an evil Presence, presence there, yeah. yeah.
3: Saying, "Hey, no, it's not okay to be happy, or it's, you must be grumpy."
4: Yeah, and the and the gospel today for for day, for today's mass speaks about um, about the um, those who oppose Jesus are are challenging him, saying that he drives out demons by the prince of demons. And it's a it's an opportunity for us to look at the whole reality of how evil works because Jesus challenges that. He says if Satan is divided against himself, he can't stand. But one of the one of the clear signs of the presence of evil in our lives, in, in the life of a parish, in the life of a, a community in the church, is when there is um when there is uh, discord and and a rancor and um, anger um that that exists and and that can um that can so easily pull us down or pull us into that to that divisiveness that exists and can exist all around us and can pull us away from certainly from from the beauty of lent because we we sort of sit in a in a in a a fear-driven um moment and and we sort of wait for the next bad thing to happen so we Mm -hmm. have something else to talk about or complain about or be upset about and, and I think we're witnessing that all over um, and it, that doesn't mean that there aren't real problems it doesn't mean that there aren't times when when anger is justified mm-hmm. a righteous anger when there is an injustice that we uh, perceive um, but we have to be very careful that we just don't allow that to sort of consume us and and to drive us into a into a divisiveness that really tears us apart
3: yeah I, I, you're right it's, it's everywhere in so many different topics and areas yes. too and and it guides us into we have we still have a choice even not denying that something may be going on that's that's not great but we have a choice on how we look at it how do we look at that intent right yes. we're we're not the ones who can judge the intent of someone the soul of someone we right. can judge what's going on
4: we can judge the, the actions, activity and the action yes right
3: and that it's kind of that it's a mindset i think but it becomes contagious on both sides mm-hmm. you know it, it I don't know if it was your homily or, or someone, and they said you you are, and, and statistics have proven it, you are depressed about the past, you are anxious about the future, but you're you're okay in the present. Yes. And we tend to not focus on the present. We, we either stay in the past or we don't know about the upcoming, what's happening, what will happen. So we get anxious, and we yeah. never take that time to just be right now, right here.
4: Well, and, and yes, and, and I think it's very easy for us to pick to take on a sort of a victim mentality that someone is against me someone has hurt me someone is opposed to me um, and again that can be individually that can be collectively that can be you know community against community mm-hmm. um, you know uh, political party against political party and we tend to get caught up in this and then and then what we focus on is the other person and how their behavior affects us and what How happy or peaceful would be if they would change their behavior? And the whole focus becomes on, "I'm going to stay stuck," instead of looking at my life and saying, "What can I do about that?" If someone has hurt me, injured me, if someone has done something wrong, um, what can I do about that? And and certainly, I can seek justice, but I also have to look at, you know, for compassion and and for forgiveness, Mm -hmm. so that I don't get caught up in that, in in the in that. Swirl of divisiveness and negativity and anger that can just pull me down and, and keep me stuck and keep me victimized um, in in the the pain or the hurt that
3: i 've gone through fire fuels fire
4: yeah absolutely i mean it's just it 's something i 've been thinking about a lot lately and and one of the things that I always do whenever I confront um, situations or circumstances something that I recognize is you know this is divisive or this is not good I always say to myself first of all what can I do about that right here now mm-hmm. um, and one of the obvious things I can always do is pray and, and that's not a it's not a, a throwaway line that's a very real thing that mm-hmm. I can I can ask to beseech the Lord um, to bring peace and healing into my life or the lives of other people the other thing is then I have to turn and say and and am have i ever done that have i ever hurt somebody else injured somebody else and and how am i living my life as a disciple of jesus that really reflects the mercy and love of god toward
3: other people and be accountable
4: yes because that's something i can do something about see Mm -hmm. i can't necessarily do something about what's happening on a global scale or even on a national scale or even in in a community wide but i can make sure that this day i treat people with dignity respect with kindness Um, And that I'm willing to forgive, I'm willing to, as you said, understand what's going on in people's lives and why they're saying what they're saying and thinking what they're thinking. I have all kinds of opportunities that I can engage in myself. Which are going to enable me to keep moving forward and growing in my own faith life, mm-hmm. um, and and like I said, and certainly I can pray for those larger and wider situations that I I don't have an, any immediate responsibility for or any real control over.
3: You, you mentioned forgiveness. Um, Tuesday's I think it was Tuesday's gospel reading was about forgiveness. Yes, and and a beautiful reading, and 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 um, I think Jesus said, you know, they they asked you know, how, how many times do I forgive? Seven? He goes, no, 77. Yeah. Right? 77 times. And then told a great parable. Yep. A, a beautiful parable. And and it's very humbling to read that gospel on Tuesday because we all have a, it's tough to forgive because we have to look internally first. Yes. We have to look in the mirror. And that's tough to do. And, but with forgiveness, are, are we not just freed then to go do what we need to do?
4: Exactly. And yeah. it's
3: tough to do though. And I get that.
4: It's hard to look at that. It's hard to look at ourselves and say, um, that could be me. That, right. You know, or, or in another situation, in the circumstance, I've done the same thing, or I've done something like that. Maybe I haven't done that, that particular thing, but I've done something like that. I've, I, have, I have brought injury into other people's lives mm-hmm. through my own selfishness or meanness or, or ignorance, ignorance, whatever it is. Yeah. And so it becomes a, it becomes a real challenge for us to look more deeply
3: um I, I love that reading. I love Tuesday's reading. I love, this week has been great. Yep. I mean Gabriel came to Mary on Monday, right? And the yep. reading on the gospel there and and the school here did an incredible thing. We have a statue of Mary and they put a baby Jesus and then they put a sign that says she's having a baby for us. You know, and oh, nice. and that's how we celebrated it here in the school. Mm-hmm. Uh it was a beautiful way to see it, you know, and in, in in our current time.
4: And I was making I was teasing people saying 276 days till Christmas <laughs> and then of course making jokes about gifts and stuff but the hard reality is you know March 25th mm-hmm. is the reminder to us that the lord is is coming is being born is being born into our lives and, and, it, and the joy of, of celebrating that, that marvelous birth of Jesus, um, not just 276 days from now, right. but every day of our lives, as, as you said, the kids did here at the school. So Yeah, it, yeah. it's
3: beautiful. There's, there's so much good in the world if we want to look at it, and there's also so much negativity in the world that tends to try to keep us from looking at the good. Yes. Um, and we have to have the right mindset. And I think, I truly believe, one of the best things we can do, like Father Tim was saying, is pray and just be present. Jesus is yes. always at our side. When that relationship is at its best, we don't see the negativity as much as we see the positivity.
4: Or, 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 when, or when, we, when we encounter it, we know that we have someone there that can be a support and a link for us to that peace and joy that right. we, we so desire and so long for. Right. We have to keep our eyes focused on the Lord's presence, um, and especially in those times where there's tension, struggle, Difficulty And
3: maybe that's why the phrase, go fight the good fight. Yeah. You know, and we encounter that all the time. Lent is a tough season to keep things going, as we've talked about. Uh, A lot of things on a lot of people's minds right now because it is a beautiful time. It's a solemn time as well. Um, But we we do have to be accountable and and we do have to step up. Uh Uh-oh. Boy, I love that sound. Yep.
4: Someone must be calling us, huh? (laughs) At least we hope they are. We hope they are so.
3: That sound you heard, that means it's straight talk time. This is an opportunity to ask Father Michael Malloy uh, anything that is on your mind or just talk. We've often talked about dialogue. It's so important. Here's the number. Grab your crayon, grab your pencil, grab your pen. Here's the number, 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. It's straight talk time until we go to the top of the hour, 10 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Mountain Time. Please call us. You can email us. You can join us, on, or you can message us on Facebook with any question that is on your mind. And, and as we've just been talking about, there, there there's a lot going on. Yes. And dialogue is a great way to maybe... Get over that hump and get to that new next step in your life.
4: Absolutely. Um, we have a, a, a question that came to us on Facebook already this morning, which is exciting. We're great. We're grateful for um, to be able to have uh, the response. It's from Jackie in Northwest Kansas, and she asked this question: What could a parish or a diocese do to inspire people to come to confession more often? Um, I think that's a it's a, a beautiful question, uh, Jackie, and I appreciate you raising it because one of the ways that we can, um, um, in in the Catholic Church, one of the great experiences we have to bring us freedom from um, from the reality of sin in our lives is the sacrament of confession. A lot of people are are um, uh, not aware of it, or are not, mm-hmm. uh, or or I think what happens... are afraid, maybe, even? Well, and I think what we do when, when people, when you say about, if I were to say, okay, line up, we're going to go to confession, people would automatically turn into... What am, have I done wrong? What do I have to tell Father? So the focus becomes, becomes on ourselves and our own embarrassment and shame. Now, i grant you, we do have to tell Father what we've done wrong, but we need to look at it in the broader context that what confession is about is about being reconciled, and it's about us being reconciled to God and the community. The word actually means that. The Latin mm-hmm. word means eyelash to eyelash again. And so it's as you said earlier, Andy. It's about this this notion of dialogue, and the call that we have um, to uh, to uh, um, basically sit down and talk.
3: Mm-hmm. And so accept what's going on in our mind and get it out verbally.
4: Yes. And so what what can dioceses and parishes do? I think a very important thing is to encourage pastors and, and and the bishop, if he has the opportunity, to speak about the beauty of this sacrament, not about not to club people over the head and say you, know, you need to go to confession what's wrong with you and shame on you but to say here's what's going to happen when you encounter jesus in this sacrament and talk a little bit about the the role the priest has as you know it's it's not father you know mike it is christ present in father mike who is listening to them mm-hmm. and hearing their acknowledgement of their guilt and offering them the peace and mercy and love that jesus offers to us so i think to approach confession from a very positive Point and say, this is what's wonderful. The other thing I think is great is if you could get people who would be willing to give testimonies. We're going to have one later on in the show, but to right. have somebody stand up and say, this is what, this is what happens when I go to the sacrament. This is how I encounter the Lord. And I'm guessing anybody who does that is going to say, it's not necessarily easy. It's not something I like to do, but it's something that brings me so much peace and so much joy. And in such a sense of freedom and, and a new beginning that um, it's really worthwhile. So those would be two suggestions. Yeah. Preach about it in a positive way, and then also testimonies. get testimonies, get people to get up and talk about why do I go to confession and why is that valuable to me. I think those two things would be really wonderful.
3: Yeah, and it's such a great sacrament. It, it's very humbling, too, and it's tough to do, but then humility is one of the greatest qualities we can have. And so when we can open ourselves up to what has gone on in our lives— Right. be reconciled for it and be more aware of that the next time after after confession yeah then then we start making the world a better place because we are doing our parts
4: yep the number to call is 8777950122 if you have a question or concern um we're talking a little bit about lent and about um, uh, the sacrament of confession but you know there's any any number of topics whatever's on your mind whatever's in your heart this is your opportunity to say I've always wondered about this or this is a question I have mm-hmm. this is something I'd like to have someone answer for me um, give a call um, either on the phone or use, use our Facebook uh, account And that is what, Andy?
3: Real Presence Live. Just search for Real Presence Live. It's a great, great Facebook account. The app is wonderful, too. Uh, If you get a chance to download the app, all of the Real Presence Live and the shows are podcasts there. I like to download them when, when I can't listen, when I'm working. And listen to them later, um, but do eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Do do call with anything that's on your mind, you know, and and tell us what are you what are you doing right now during Lent? We want to hear from you. Yeah, that
4: would be a good, interesting. What what kind of what kind of penitential practices are you engaging mm-hmm. in, and are they beneficial? Or are they helping you? Um, you might be able to inspire somebody else, as Father Tim said in our first segment. You know, if you haven't begun, you can still begin again. Right, and somebody might say this is what I'm doing for Lent and it might just be something that would spark another person to say I can do that. A I perfect
3: can, trigger, yeah.
4: I can I can jump in and do that. So,
3: um, 877-795-0122. During one of the breaks, uh, after Father Tim was on earlier, we were talking, and, and Father, I am so impressed with, um, with all the opportunities for prayer or for adoration, uh, the reconciliation. There's so many opportunities during Lent. And I believe probably if you just called your diocese, or if you went to the diocesan website, you would see all these opportunities and say, "You know, I'm going. Yep. Here's here's a holy hour. I'm going to go to that." Or, or we just had the relics here, you know, last yes. last weekend, and um, and there's so many opportunities <clears throat> during this time to to do that. We had a mercy night here uh, two weeks ago, I think it we, was.
4: And we should tell people a mercy night in the diocese of Rapid City, um, or at least in at the Cathedral Parish, is an opportunity for reconciliation. In addition, there are there are people there who, uh, prayer groups, small prayer groups who would pray with people who just maybe, maybe I, they've mm-hmm. gone to confession or they haven't gone to confession, but they need someone, to, they like to pray about something or something as a moment in their life. And so they, they're they invited to come forward and we have like two or three prayer groups that, you know, pray with people individually and we have confessions going on. We have the bus sacrament exposed. Right. Some beautiful music playing. And um, it's just a, a, a wonderful night. It began in the cathedral years ago um or a few years ago and it was really an opportunity to invite even people who weren't catholic in, mm-hmm. in the neighborhood to come um and you know we know we understand that catholics celebrate the sacrament of confession or penance but there's no reason why people who are not catholic can't be prayed with and prayed over right and so it became a a great opportunity for a little bit of a little bit of evangelization and uh you know that's like as you said one of many things if if not the diocese your own diocese website to call your parish and say you know when is there adoration? When is there mm-hmm. um, confession that I might participate in that? And you know something else I think we forget that's real important is Jesus is always present in any Catholic church in the tabernacle, and and that's a beautiful way to um, adore the Lord present. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean the uh, uh, Eucharistic adoration where the Blessed Sacrament is exposed is is also beautiful, and there's a, a visual connection that can be helpful. But you know, you might the times when you, as an individual, might be able to go to the church might not be where the, where they're having the blessed sacrament right. exposed. But the blessed sacrament's always there.
3: And how can you tell? So at every Catholic church, you could go in, and you may not know the layout of that church. You might not know: do I go to the left? Do I go to the right? Yeah. But how can you see if Jesus
4: you, if the tabernacle is not immediately visible? You always look for the sanctuary lamp, for the red the, the lamp that's usually red in red, color, yeah. but a, but a constantly burning uh, candle. And, you know, follow that um, where, where it is. And if, you know, not just wander around and look. Um, most churches, I think most Catholic churches have the tabernacle visible. Mm-hmm. Here at our cathedral, it's in a side chapel, so it's not immediately visible, the tabernacle itself, but there's a there's a sanctuary lamp mm-hmm. just outside the little hallway that leads to it. So just look for that and, and go in and, and just spend a little time in, in quiet prayer. Even if it's 10, 15 minutes, it doesn't make any difference. the The point is you're saying, you're basically walking in, and it can be very simple. People say, "Well, what do I say? What do I do?" I think you walk in, and you sit down, and say, "Hi, I'm here," right, to the Lord, and then you try your best to to listen, to be quiet, um, to allow the Lord to speak to you. And if all you have is five or ten minutes, that's five or ten minutes with the Lord that you you didn't have before that. So take advantage of it and and make that a wonderful opportunity.
3: And and truly with the Lord and. The number to call if you have any questions, or you want to talk about Lent, or you want to talk about your experiences in, in adoration: eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Or you can post a question on the Facebook page, and we'll get it up here. We will read it live on the air. Uh, this is Straight Talk Time. I'm Andy Shaw, along with Father Michael Malloy. I'm glad to have you with you, or glad to have you with us. And and Father, you got me thinking that you know you you look for. Um, for the for the red candle, so to speak, yeah. right? Typically in most Catholic churches. But Jesus is looking for you. Yes. And when you get that experience, there are so many beautiful stories about adoration. You know, even at, at our mercy night, which is a three-hour evening, I had planned to go for one hour. I was like, I can do this for one hour. And I sat there and I just watched people and listened to the beautiful music and, and was having a conversation with the Blessed Sacrament. And all of a sudden, it's two and a half hours later. Yeah. And I felt so great. And... My intentions weren't for that. I let the busy world take over and say, I can only have an hour. And then it, Jesus said, no, all yeah. of a sudden, you know, it's two and a half hours later. and, and um, But that share. if you'd like to share with us uh, any of your adoration experiences or anything else, the number 877-795-0122 is the number. And now we're going to go to the telephone lines. Uh, we're going to go up to the north from here from Rapid City. Um, I love when we hear from people from all over the from the listening area. You know, we had our first question came from Northwest Kansas. Yep. Um, been there, driven through there, seen it—beautiful place—and we appreciate that question. Uh, we're trying to get Kathy from Fargo on the line with us. Kathy, are you there? Good morning, just, Kathy.
1: Good morning. Good morning. I was just going to add a comment about um, what parishes can do to encourage people to use the sacrament of reconciliation more and what our parish does is we have reconciliation available half an hour prior to every single mass and half an hour before every funeral and before every wedding So, and I think that's wonderful and it's Interesting. How many people make use of that? You know, before mm-hmm. Sunday morning mass.
3: What a great way to yes. to be present and be ready for mass. Um, and I, Kathy, I appreciate
4: that too. We have a priest in our diocese who has done offers that before funerals, and you know, funerals an opportunity where somebody maybe has been out of the church for a while or hasn't practiced, and, it, and it's a it's a kind of a ready opportunity. And obviously, their their hearts are probably open because they're grieving the loss of someone that they love. And here's an opportunity for them to go to confession um, and, to, and to you know renew that relationship with the Lord. So I think those are great ideas, Kathy, to you know um, to encourage people to celebrate the sacrament. And sometimes sometimes it's just a matter of being aware that Father's there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people aren't aware of that. So you know publicizing that or talking about that um, is is very helpful. So mm-hmm. thank you for that,
1: yeah. Kathy. No, thank just you. Just wanted to share that.
3: Yeah. How is your Lent going, Kathy?
1: It's going very well. I certainly could be doing more than I am, but I'm doing more than I was <laughs> before Lent.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, uh, trying to get in an extra weekday mass. Um, I'm trying to, um, do stations of the cross. Sometimes I do it alone if I can't make it to our parish station. Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. But uh, that's a great experience too, though to do it alone, you tend to to hear more during those times.
1: Yes, yeah. and you kind of take your time and you meditate a little more, and mm-hmm.
4: so. A couple of good good examples, Kathy. And in most parishes, have those obviously have daily mass, they have stations of the cross, and certainly the booklets are readily available to do it on your own. So appreciate your time, mm-hmm. Kathy, for sharing with us, and God okay. can continue to bless you in your Lenten journey. Thank you so much. I know God bless. That was a great example. Maybe other people listening can call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two and share with us their um, thoughts or understanding of ad, of Lent or there might be something else. you know kind of we, we start down one path, but somebody might be someplace completely mm-hmm. different and saying i 've always had this question i 've always wondered about this. Um, this is an opportunity for you to um, to respond, to, to call and, and, and to engage in a dialogue, get a response, um, ask the question on Facebook, um, or, um, um, via the phone, whichever works best for you. So
3: 877 877 It's straight talk time on Real Presence Live. I'm Andy Shaw along with Father Michael Malloy. And we were coming to you live from Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, you know, Kathy, there's, there's a, that's a great way, you know, she brought up funerals and, and, and reconciliation before a funeral. And oftentimes it seems you hear at funerals, why are we waiting until now to get together you know, a lot of people who yeah. who attend the service say that. You know, we we it, I think it happens almost all the time. You know, why are we doing that? But that's the go a step further and say, why are you waiting, Jesus? Why Jesus might be saying, why are you waiting to see me now? Yeah, see Jesus more. Yeah, um, you know, it, it just it works. It's it's not a hard formula. We make it hard. Our busy lives make it hard, uh, and then we tend to justify. Um, and, and, well, I guess it's relativism at its best, but we tend to make up our own rules and say, well, no, we can't be there because of this.
4: Because of this or that,
3: yeah. Um, but when we do go, we know how great it feels. Yep. It's an, it's an
4: interesting thing you mentioned being busy and, uh, um, I'm a very busy person mm-hmm. and occasionally all, all the years I was a pastor, people would say to me, um, well, oh, father, you're just so busy. I hate to call you. I hate to bother you. And I would always say to them, I'd say, don't let my business be your excuse. Right. Because it said everything on my calendar is there because I put it there. And so if I'm too busy, then that's my fault and not society's fault and not the school system's fault and not whatever it is fault. It's my fault because I'm the one who is making those choices. And, and I often hear parents saying that, you know, especially if they have you know, several kids and they're dealing with them in terms of their activities. It's just so busy, Father. There's just so much going on. And, and I, I, I mean, I appreciate the fact right. that there's a lot going on, and I, I really appreciate the fact that parents desire to give their kids a full-round experience of living in life as they grow up. But I also want to say to them, but aren't you the one who decides whether or not they're going to be involved in this or that activity mm-hmm. and maybe there's an opportunity for you as a parent to say um we can't do all this you know we can't have our kids in two different events two different activities mm-hmm. um all year long you know if we've got two three four kids we end up spending all of our time You know, in the car (laughs) and 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 again, it's it's not not that any any of those events or activities or that kids engage in are are wrong. They're all probably very, very good for the kids. But it becomes a matter of 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 those of us who are adults saying, I'm making the choices. I can't blame anybody else. Mm -hmm. And then you flip to is this a priority for me?
3: Yeah, you have to learn to prioritize. Um, yeah. So. 8, 877-795-0122. If you have any questions, please call us, or if you just want to have dialogue, that'd be great, too. 877-795-0122, or you can post a question on the Facebook page. Uh, Aaron, our our producer, Aaron joins us now. And, Aaron, you have a question for Father Mike.
2: Certainly, Andy. Father Mike, with the with Laetare Sunday coming up, I don't know if you had mentioned this before, but why did we... Why do we refer to the color as rose and not pink? <laughs>
4: well, you know, people who are listening to this radio station who know me are probably <laughs> laughing out loud right now, <laughs> because this is a question that I've I've debated for a long time, um, uh, and part of it is because, quite honestly, Aaron, I don't like the color uh, on me. I, I'm not saying it's a bad color, and I've seen a lot of people in in uh, pink or rose color you know clothing that look very nice i just don't like it okay Okay. but here's here's let me tell you a story and i don't even i don't know if this is is probably going to answer your question but it's an interesting story because when i was a priest at cathedral i used to make up all kinds of excuses why i couldn't wear the rose colored vestments that we had at the cathedral Mm -hmm. on um latari sunday and gaudete sunday and and during advent and uh one morning i get up to drive to our mission and as i took off in in the dark and as the sun rose the sky turned into this beautiful rose color wow and as i'm driving along i finally said to the lord okay i get it i'll put on the rose colored vestment just leave me alone because it was really it was like a, it was like this this uh this um <laughs> <laughs> this uh, slap across the face mm-hmm. that said, you know, this is one of the colors that I made, right. uh, and it is beautiful. And and you know, and oftentimes in the morning, as the sun comes up, there is this this rose or pink colored hue to the sky mm-hmm. that um, it really is a sense of hope and promise. Mm. And so I'm I'm wondering, and I ca- I can't back this up any other way other than to wonder if that you know in ancient times became one of the wa- uh, one of the uh, avenues by which people began to say this color invites us into a, a hope and a mm-hmm. promise. And that's what Laetare and Gaudete Sunday, halfway through the two kind of penitential seasons of the church, the church says um, there's a reason to hope, there's a reason to rejoice. It, you know, we're in a period of waiting for Advent, we're in a period of, of penitence for Lent, but there's a hope and a promise coming and it's reflected in the beauty of the of the morning sky. So that might be why it's called rose versus pink um the other thing is pink uh, um rose co- a rose color is a, a generally a softer a dustier color um if in general then if you're just looking at then a pink pink mm-hmm. can be run the <clears throat> gamut from being very bright to very pale um you know and so a rose is a is a more specified um uh, color oh, sure. uh, way of thinking about it so yeah that would be my answer
2: oh well, very good, thank you father.
4: Yeah, it's good. Good. That's a good question because I'm sure all over mm-hmm. all over the Catholic world Sunday people are going to show up and the they are going to say, "Why is he wearing a pink vestment? Yeah, you why know? is this?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly." Um, <laughs> you know, I think. Um, well, one, I think <clears throat> maybe you need to get your colors done, Father, so you can match better. Maybe, yeah, I could, maybe that's yeah. part of it. That uh, could be what it but is. But I, yeah. I love that you were able to be humble and say, mm-hmm. "All right, Jesus." I get your point. Thank you very much for talking to me. I think we've all had that happen too, and and that's a great experience and a humbling experience when yes. Jesus points it out and says, "Okay, we get it. We they know you're it, there. Yeah. We know you're there."
4: And the amazing thing is probably of all the vestments I've seen uh, that are you know rose or pink colored in in my years as being a priest, the ones at our cathedral are really very beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're they're very they're a beautiful color. Um, so some of some of them uh, the some of them uh, that I see remind me more of like my mother's nightgown than they would a vestment <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: but uh but the ones at the cathedral are beautiful so or the pink bathroom or something yes. back from the 50s and the yeah. 60s yeah
4: pink tile on the walls <laughs> yeah
3: exactly that that happened do, do the priests? do you guys talk about your your vestments and what's coming up and everybody has their own thoughts maybe like you do
4: oh yes i think i think there's a there's a lot of variety and and uh um interest and opinion and all kinds of things around around all of the the stuff of mass you know the, mm-hmm. by that I mean the stuff I mean you know the the smells and bells sure, the, sure. the vestments the vessels the you know whether you do this or that and and the church does provide some options you know for example regarding vestments for this coming sunday the church says you can wear them you don't have to and there's a lot of things in in the in the guidelines or directions of the church that say this is an option it's not required and then, of course, you get people you know, willing to fall on the stake to defend their particular mm. opinion about one thing or another. <laughs> um, and and I, 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 again, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about I, I think sometimes we need to look at some of these things and, and, um, and um, moderate or have a little temperance or mm-hmm. a little prudence in terms of our approach and talking about things. Remind ourselves what Mass really is all about. Remind ourselves of of the beauty of of Christ uh, giving His life for us, and our being able to share in that life through the sacrament, and and to keep that as our focus, because mm-hmm. we can get all caught up in uh, all the externals. We can get caught up, and I don't particularly like Father. I don't particularly like the way he preaches. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like something about him, mm-hmm. or he made me mad, or something like that. And and we allow that then to pull us uh, to to divide us from. This beautiful gift of God's life in the sacrament, and we have to kind of remind ourselves of that. You know, you know whether Father's wearing rose or purple this weekend doesn't, you know, cause the Mass to be less effective, right. less meaningful. Right. Or whether Father yelled at me yesterday or last week—I mean, he probably shouldn't have, and that's not—that's a sin. But on the other hand, um, right. On the other hand, it's like I can't let that take me away from the practice of my faith.
3: We have, uh, we're at the top of the hour, we're going to go into something new, but until then, we still would love to hear from you, 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. Father, you are posed with a question on uh, why is it rose and not pink, and, and Gregory, one of our uh, producers who's helped us throughout all of our shows, says, Jesus rose... From the dead, he didn't pink from the dead.
4: Yeah, well, that's that's good, Gregory. But that that's not exactly what we would put down as a. Uh, 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 but it was a nice try.
3: Good job, Gregory. And <laughs> yeah, we we, appreciate we love that. Gregory. <laughs> we do eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Or you can hop on Facebook. Um, I know a lot of people do that. And and if you want to post a question there, uh, feel free, and we'll leave it read it on the air up until the top of the hour. You know, there are a lot of great. Um, traditions so to speak and um and and that's so important our family family we have traditions our all of us our families have traditions we do things a certain way maybe on christmas eve and on christmas day and on easter yeah uh for birthdays um everybody has traditions and and i think um one thing i look forward to in mass is seeing what's coming up next i do appreciate that part of mass too i do too you know and and um and it's neat to see how uh, priests are humans too
4: Yes. And you know, it's interesting, you, you when you walk into Mass, and, you know, for example, the color of the, of the vestments or the color mm-hmm. of the altar, cloth or whatever's changed, um, it's a great opportunity to say, okay, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and to really say that there's something, there's some opportunity here, there's some um, dimension or aspect of my faith that's being revealed that I have the opportunity to participate in, to share in. And, and I think one of the things that's helpful is for us to come and, and to be Attentive to what's going on. Yeah, and
3: and ask the priest if we don't know. Ask the priest. We're going to go on. uh, We're in Rapid City, South Dakota. I'm Andy Shaw, along with Father Michael Malloy, and we're going to head up Interstate 90 to Gillette. Susie joins us now from Gillette on a new radio station. There, we love to hear that. Good morning, Susie.
1: Good morning.
3: Thank you for Uh, calling in and joining us.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I just wanted to mention that our parish is doing. Um, adoration with taze prayer on mm. Wednesday evenings at 8.15 during Advent and Lent. And it's such a, such a beautiful prayer time with the singing and the periods of silence.
3: Beautiful. Great, yeah. The, uh, and the music for taze I love that too.
4: Yes, that's a, that's a beautiful way to, yes. to pray and reflect. Um, that's great. Is that something new that you started, Susie, in your parish?
1: um it's been done here and there but it's more intentional now
4: okay a more consistent way of approaching it and um and who knows it might be something that your parish would decide to keep doing mm-hmm. you know if if it if it's a, a benefit and a blessing you know you mentioned Wednesday night uh, i think a lot of times um you know is the is the there is the uh, activity of the formation activity that goes on Wednesday nights, and that oftentimes involves right. kids, mm-hmm. and this is a great opportunity. Perhaps either after that time or even during that time, maybe something like this could happen, and then the parents, rather than drop the kids off and pick the kids up, could come, bring the kids, spend the time in adoration and prayer, and then um, mm. and then gather up their kids and go home, and it would it would be beneficial both you know for the children. Um, not only in terms of what they're learning, but also in terms of of knowing that their parents are praying for them and praying before the Blessed Sacrament. Great witness value in that. So th- that's another um, way to look at that um, way of possibility of doing that. So appreciate you letting us know that, Susie.
3: Yeah, thank you, Susie. Have a great that's Lenten a season. Yes,
4: thank you. you bet. God bless. Um, we've had Susie on the air before. Um, we've done we've interviewed her um, at other times. So it's great to have uh, touch base with her again and. And have her share that little bit about what's going on in Gillette. So,
3: and, and there are some some parishes who have 24-hour adoration. Yes, uh, and then they have uh, members of the of that church there at all times. Cause at all somebody times. must be present
4: yes when, you, when you're doing <coughs> when you expose the blessed sacrament um, in the monstrance on the altar um, somebody there needs to be at least two people present mm-hmm. hopefully more than that and so it's, it's uh, yeah it's, uh, and there are pra- places where they do perpetual adoration and it's a great blessing for mm-hmm. a parish or for an area when people do that so another thing for us to, to consider so
3: well, a, lot, a lot of happening I think, th- I think this, the direction this all went is uh, God is saying to all of us hey come and spend some time with me yep. and that's what this is all about
4: Moving forward, um, we're going to talk about taxes um, coming up. Great. Um, see how the um, how how you find peace of mind in that struggle. So stay with us. We'll be right back.